You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you're like me, you may have been looking for some alternatives to the Flames games lately. Luckily, the NBA is still going on and the Blue Jays are in action. And DraftKings has you covered with basketball and baseball fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You can claim your free shot at these millions of dollars in total prizes using the promo code THPN during sign-up. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That code is THPN. You can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Okay, so does that seal our fate? Montreal goes, <laughs> dude. Listen, I mean, if we win every game and they lose every game, I mean, we could maybe even catch Winnipeg if they lose every game. I mean, Sean Monahan says we gotta, we're, we're going to run the table, and that's what we're focused on is just picking up the next two points and running the table. So Starts tonight. Starts tonight. Starts on Wednesday or whenever they play Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, it starts tonight. <laughs> so, the, I don't know if you watched the two Montreal games, but I sure did. And, boy, to me, <laughs> those two days of Montreal playing their back-to-back games and us playing Edmonton pretty much sum it all up right there, do they not? Montreal is down by two goals. Against Winnipeg, down three to one. What do they do? They come back and win. They're down two goals the next night, late in the third period against the Senators. They press it on. What do they do? Come back and win. We're down two goals early as fuck in the game. Holy shit, we got like 48 minutes left to come back. Do we come back? No, I think we'll just score one. We'll just score one fucking goal. How's and also um, generate a big, fat, zero high-danger scoring chances in the third period once again. Could you, like, just even, like, imagine the Vegas Golden Knights. If they went down two two goals, if they went down two goals early on in the game, how would they respond? They'd probably come back and win 7-2. Think about the Avalanche come down two, two, not, two goals early in the game. Dude, they'd be come out of the first period with the lead. Like, we have zero pushback. We look shell-shocked. The guy's ready to pack it in. 
And then it's just like, dude, you had 48 minutes to come back and you still couldn't do it. And you manufactured dick against the Edmonton Oilers who are run by two players. Dry Saddle hasn't even owned us this year. It's been all McDavid. One player has beat us six times. And Mike and Mike Smith was in the in between the pipes too. Like you can't, you don't fire, you fire, you create zero dangerous scoring chances against Mike Smith. Like, what are you what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Why can't this team score? Well, maybe it's because Brett fucking Richie is on the second line. <laughs> maybe it's because Matthew Kachuk cannot score to save his life right now. Yeah, at least he's hitting the net. Yeah. At least he's getting it within the range of the goal now. <laughs> and I not see. falling flat on his face. His falling flat on his his flat face falls per 60 minutes are definitely curbing off, which is good to see. His expected face plants per game are have reduced. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a nice thing to see. But my Dude. God, this this team can't score a goal, man. This team this can't score a goal. Can't generate a scoring chance for shit's sake. Chucky may just go off here to finish up the season because those last two games, the first of the last two games, I think on the last podcast, we said that's probably his best game of the season. And then last game, maybe not, maybe not like, you know, puck possession wise generation, uh, chance generation wise, maybe that wasn't as good as the game before, but the way he was buzzing and the way that he was in the fabric of the game to some extent He's, it looks like he's back. Yeah. And he, so, and again, like, I think the, that thing feeds into his game because he was good in terms of, <clears throat> you know, he was, he was relatively dangerous. He was probably the most dangerous flame on the ice, perhaps outside Gaudreau. Um, and I, I think that's because he was playing that way. It, how is that? His game is, his game is, that feeds into his game on the ice. His results usually depend on how engaged he is and how much uh, Chucky factor is going on. How is Edmonton's D this year? Are they better? Pretty sure they're okay. Um, they're definitely I, not. I they're don't... definitely not in the realm of the Daryl Sutter Flames, though. But like, I yeah, like I said, how can you not penetrate that defense like at all? I don't understand. Their best. Who's their best defenseman? Tyson Berry. Dude sucks at defense. No, Darnell Nurse is their best. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but he's still like offense. He's an offensive defenseman, right? I didn't even really notice Darnell Nurse. That's how. That's how. That's how one-dimensional the Oilers are. I don't even notice Darnell Nurse on the ice because it's just McDavid beat us. I mean, they're okay. They're like middle of the pack in terms of defense. And how they're... many? How many high danger do we get? Third period, zero. Not no, one. That sounds about Zero. right. Zero. Seasons on the line. Trying to come back in a game for once in your life. Like, what is Let's that? Let's generate zero chances. I just don't get that because that's the second time that's happened in a pretty much elimination game. The other was against the Senators like two or three weeks ago. Well, this has been the, the fucking flames all season, has it not? Like, what are you doing? And it's really sad because um, before the show, you and I were doing a little bit of digging and trying to find out, like, have the Flames even like been able to mount a comeback against a two-goal deficit this year, like at all? I don't remember one. And so I, I'm just doing some Google research, and I Google like Flames record after being down by two, 
And the first article that pops up is from December 15 or December 5th, 2018, talking about how the Flames have are one of only five teams to score a hundred goals by December. And <laughs> oh my God, this is just unbelievable. They had already had four or five goal periods that season. The rest Two of the periods. NHL had combined for three periods. We saw it happen. Saw what happened when we tried being a scoring team. That was a game. You know what? I know what game this is in reference to. The Flames scored five goals in the second period to turn a 4-1 deficit into a 6-5 lead in Columbus. They beat them 9 fucking 6. They scored unreal. 9 goals. They beat them 9 to 6. That was unreal. I remember that game. I do too cuz I'm pretty sure Gaudreau had a hat trick. <laughs> this team used to beat teams 9 to 6. What happened? Now we can't even generate a goddamn scoring chance against the Oilers in the biggest game of the year. How? Okay, well, let's get into it. I mean, Daryl's been saying this for four weeks now. This team doesn't have the firepower to keep up. Um, I, I know it's, what it's starting to look like is this is probably one of the most you know disillusioning things that Daryl has brought to the club, to the fan base within his tenure here so far, is that the straight-up fact that this team currently – doesn't have the ability to score goals. That's that's where we're sitting, and I, like we've we've discussed this a little bit. I just don't know if I fully buy that or not, because look what we did in eighteen nineteen. It's pretty much the same team, is it not? Like you have your here's here's your comparables, okay. Um, I mean, obviously the biggest drop off is Sean Monahan, but here's your comparables. Matthew Kachuk in 18-19 had 34 goals. Lindholm had 27 goals. Johnny had 36 goals. And Monahan had 34 goals. So you had four pretty much 30-goal scorers. Lindholm was the only guy that didn't have 30 goals. I'm pretty and, well, sure they led the league in terms of players who hit 70 points that year as well. I think, yeah, for the for a while there, they weren't the only team with five players like Gio yeah. was up in there. Gio had 17 goals. <laughs> so here's here's your comparable to, to the following season. So you have 18-19, right? Well, we've, we've discussed this so much on this podcast. The analysis after the Colorado series by the organization, by the uh, general manager and coaching staff was that this team needs to stop being a scoring team because look what happened. You lost to the Colorado Avalanche. So you better fuck it. You better stop it. Stop that right now. Stop scoring goals. You saw what happened. So then you have this amateur of a coach try and come in and make us what a defensive juggernaut. I don't even understand what the vision was. Do you? I mean, they all alluded to it in terms of, well, you saw what happened when we tried to be a scoring team. So that, you know, leads to the fact that, okay, I guess we're not trying to be that scoring team anymore. So we're trying to be the opposite. And we still suck defensively the following season, last season, carried that right into this season, sucked even worse. 
again, I wouldn't have minded it so much if they, you know, hadn't sucked at defense and had not sucked overall, right? Well, that's what you're kind of seeing now. Yeah. That's what Sutter's been able to do, which is execute on this fucking fucked up vision of like, okay, we got to not score goals. So now we're at this different or different state of trying to analyze what's going on with this team, right? So I, I, I don't know. So either, what's the difference? The style of play was huge, right? Yeah. And maybe, okay, I don't know. I'm trying to understand this. So this is where I'm going to go with it. It's like maybe the coaching staff and management and general manager decided that, okay, we can't just be freewheeling wide open, you know, those games we saw with Tampa Bay Lightning where they won 6-5, right? Those games with, with Columbus where you're down 4-1, you got to come back and win 9-whatever, right? Even though it was worked, we won. We set a, tra- a franchise nine, record. You set a franchise record for wins. The other team was able to score six goals and you still won. So, and, and maybe, I'm not saying this is 100% wrong. Like maybe there's some truth to it. That might be a regular season strategy. Maybe not so much in the playoffs. But the inability to execute on whatever the hell you were trying to adjust, you've this organization has fallen flat on its fucking face. Now, Daryl Sutter, it seems to me, has brought some of that vision to fruition in terms of tightening things up defensively. But look at the cost. So maybe now we can't score goals. So maybe, and I know he's working on it in practice. He's been stressing this, which is they want to play fast. Like the shred of hope I have here, saving grace here, is that Daryl Sutter. Obviously, everybody knows it's coming in. He's a defense first coach. The team has been really good defensively. They've, they've actually been, been they've really, been lights out defensively. They've actually been pretty good at uh, generating scoring chances, but they can't finish. So if you hear what the coach is saying, yeah, now that they've kind of got the defensive thing going, what he's stressing this last week, all last week, you heard it three times in the off days, they want to be faster, they want to be quicker, they want a better transition, and they want to, the main thing he's saying, we want to be able to finish on our chances. And what are the priorities in practice? I mean, today we, we continue to work on trying to be a, faster team and finish opportunities it's certainly got nothing to do with work or mindset or any of that it's it's you know the games we lose it's it's uh, one we score one or two goals or none so gotta try and get that next goal somewhere at this and and so at this time of year when you know players are kind of conditioned to playing every other day and now instead you've got these three-day breaks or is, is that a challenge the coaching staff to to keep your group ready and then to keep them in a routine? It's probably no different than that. There's always challenges with your schedule. It's no different than if you played three and four, what do you do in the day between games? So, you know, it's always, I'd rather have the challenge of, of uh, keeping of them fresh and lots of energy and focus than, than being dead tired or, or hurt. Okay, we'll go to Wes Gilbertson next. Daryl, when you talk about 
finishing more opportunities. What what should be the kind of scoring potential of this group? Like, what what should this group be capable of doing offensively? I think you have to break it down on their career, career averages. So, so it's something that you can do is just break their career averages down on an 82-game schedule, and then you'll see where they're at. Really, really simple. I mean, it's not everybody can score. That's that's a fact, and we don't have we don't have that 40-goal guy. That's for sure. But if you do their based on 82 games, what they've averaged in their career, if they're still in their prime of their career or their or their uh, you know young guys that are coming on, you can get a pretty good read on what what they're capable of, and that's what you have to base it on for sure. So there's a chance that and there's a good chance that. Part of the reason why we can't score goals right now is because of the yo-yo effect of completely going backwards under an amateur coach, under Jeff Ward for a year and a half to a point where these guys have probably the lowest level of confidence they've had in their career. These guys, some of these high octane offensive producers are having some of their worst numbers they've had. So maybe all of this is a result of Ward taking us in the wrong direction for a long enough period of time. And now Sutter's here to get everything back on track, but it's one step at a time. It's defense first. Then the next thing is goal scoring. But like we've been harping on, you still need to add to your team. You need guys who can finish. And to bring this back to the Montreal comparison is like, look at what Montreal is able to do down to nothing. You know, to the Winnipeg Jets in a must-win game for them, dude. I thought I who thought it was. Through. I thought both those games. I mean, they've had such a difficult time scoring the last two weeks. I thought they were they were done both games, but no, they found a way. We fucking didn't, but they did. They're the better team. They should be in the playoffs. We shouldn't. Yep. And I mean, like. I just, I said, like, fuck, dude. This team, this team going back to prior to the great 18, 19 year has always struggled with finishing, right? Yep. And that's why it's been so imperative to get guys in here who can score goals. And I mean, I don't know, kind of hearkening back to what you're maybe saying, I do think Daryl is taking this team offensively in a similar direction to what Bill Peters had them doing. Because if you remember, Bill Peters was quite focused on shot volume. Lots of shots. I know a lot of people don't like that. I know that's a, a hallmark of Daryl's um, system as well. It, and people don't like it because it's quantity or quality. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you saw it work for this team in 2018-2019, right? <laughs> So if it worked then, maybe it'll work again. I mean, even Dubé was talking about it today, saying saying that um, I think he said something about they need to find consistency in their shot volume. So I know Sutter's always harping on it. That's maybe the one, maybe next year we see what, because Daryl has also talked about, right? Like he can't implement everything he wants to in this shortened season. Yeah. Maybe next year is when we see it really come to fruition yeah so I, I i do feel like that's a big part of what's happening here is just you just need more time to readjust because well and again dude like if you look at 
if you look at the last, what, say 10 games, has there been a game they've been significantly outplayed? Not Dude, really. It's just been... At, if you're looking at the last 10 games and you actually have a winning record, you don't even care about the losses. Exactly. It's only because we're behind the eight ball and we need to win every single fucking game to come back in the playoff race. That's the only reason why these losses are so devastating. Like we're not losing, you know, in a, in a bad fashion necessarily, other than you can't fucking score. Exactly. That's what I was going to say next is like, the only reason you have lost is because you cannot get a goddamn goal. That's it. That's the reason. And I mean, when you're looking at this team, like Sean Monahan had zero shots against the Edmonton Oilers yesterday. He also had zero shot attempts. Sean Monahan literally contributed nothing to the game last night. It's just second line center. It's a problem. Sam Bennett's generating a little bit more than that, eh? As a second line center. I've been doing Sam Bennett updates and I didn't do one for the other night. I know he had two assists late the other night, did he? Two yep. assists? He had like eight scoring chances, something like that. Ridiculous. What are the odds that Sam Bennett scores more points than Sean Monaghan this year? Dude. <laughs> well, Sean Monaghan has 10 goals. So oh, here's, shit, here's Sean Monaghan's number. That's, in the past, that's insane, man. In the past three seasons. So he's hit 30. Sean Monaghan has hit 30 goals three times in his career. And he's, he's you know, been in the high 20s, I think, the rest of the time. So for all intents and purposes, Sean Monaghan is a pretty reliably a 30-goal 30 30 scorer. He's got 10 this season. Last season, when everybody dropped off under the first season under Ward, I guess it was Bill slash Ward, 22 last year. And I mean, it was a shortened season. Maybe he could have pushed, pushed 30. He's got fucking 10 goals in what was it, 50 games ish? I think what is did he on? They, what's he did on they pace just for? have 60? Yeah, over 82 game schedule. I think points wise, he's still be in like the 50 range, but I mean, goal wise, 14, 15. It's mind blowing. So, I mean, if you're trying to assess where you're at, because I think. That's what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to sift through all the BS because it's our impression that Brad true living and Jeff Ward fucked us up to such a degree that we can't make the playoffs this year. If we had more runway, Sutter could probably get us back into it. I to- I 100% believe that. I believe with Daryl Sutter behind the bench, the Calgary flames are better than the Canadians and better than the Winnipeg jets. With a couple of roster additions as well. Yeah, yeah. With <laughs> they're better with Brett Ritchie not being in the top six. Um, Joachim Nordstrom shot to the goddamn sun. Michael Backlund maybe you know given a stern talking to about like, dude, are you interested in playing NHL hockey anymore? Dude, and... he dude he was awful last game. <laughs> what is he doing? Speaking of can't finish, everybody's on Kachuk for not being able to finish. Holy shit. Dude, can't even hit the fucking net. Did you see that? He had a rebound drop to him right in the crease. Yes, missed the net. I get like shoveled it into like the corner. I don't understand how it doesn't matter where he is on the ice. Could be the blue line, we'll miss the net. Have an empty netter from the red line, he'll miss the net. He'll be at the top of the circles, off the glass. He'll be at the bottom of the circles, hits the side of the net. He'll be two feet in front of the net, all alone. 
shovel into the corner, hit the post, right into the like my dude. Backlund's a weird one for me because his underlings have been pretty good. I mean, when you watch him play, he still can skate. You know, he still has skill, but it's just like he doesn't seem like a factor at all, ever. You know what I mean? No, not right now. He was pretty good in 1819, though. Yeah, he was. As was everybody. Yeah, well, everybody. And he was, was pretty good down the stretch last for, year, too. Except for Mike Smith and probably Travis Hamnick. Those only two. Oh, my God. Don't so, say those names. This is where I'm at. Um, right. We're trying to figure out what's going on. But I think Daryl is onto something. I don't think this team has the amount of firepower. Maybe he's just hinting to dipshit upstairs to be like, hey, yeah. Could you please? Maybe he's doing this whole Brett Ritchie thing as like, maybe Daryl is playing like 4D chess. He maybe has to be. Maybe Brett Ritchie is in the top six to show Brad Living what an utter failure he is and to expose Brad Living's nonsense. It'd be like, oh, you signed Brett Ritchie? Okay, that's your solution? Yep. Okay, here, here you go, bud. He's in the top six. Oh, he sucks. Yeah, yeah. We can't score goals. Yeah, though, this is your guy, man. Maybe Daryl is just exposing Brad's absolute inability to make this team better up front. He's got big enough balls to do something like that. Does he not? That would be amazing. But I mean, like, what what else could you what else could explain it? Well, and that's the thing is like you've heard this saying, right? You can't you can't make you know you can't grow carrots from peas, pea seeds, right? So if Daryl's looking at his roster being like, hey, in order to win, I need X, Y, and Z. And if this if this Z that I have is really a P, I'm going to put it in the Z spot until I get a fucking Z. I don't know. It would make sense to me that he would do something like that. Here's your comparable, though. I thought this would be really interesting. The team that is able to do the things that we can't, the Montreal Canadiens, were pretty evenly matched. We, we won the season series against them. Yet they're able to to come back uh, from t- two goal deficits, and right now they can score goals. Apparently, all of a sudden, hmm. But who's scoring the goals? Goal scorers. Wow, what a concept! You mean so? <laughs> you mean it's eight, not like Joel Armia on the fourth line scoring goals? Let's do a little. It's not Brett Ritchie. All of a sudden, he's a twenty goal scorer. I really thought Ritchie was going to break out last game. Finally. So did I, man. I mean, whew. everybody thought he was due. I didn't thought they? that was the game. He's definitely due. He's got like one scoring chance this whole year. I thought he's, he was due for another. He's definitely due for one of those five goal games, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So here's a little comparison since 1819. What Mark Bergevin has done, Bergevin has done for the Montreal Canadiens in terms of adding goal scoring ability to Brad True Living since 1819, adding goal scoring ability okay Kovalchuk Anderson Toffoli Perry all I had to do was bring up four players that he's added and I threw in Caulfield as well because that organization knows they have a a pretty top prospect in their depth and they go out, go out on a limb and say, look, we need a spark. Let's bring him in and see what he can do. Right. I was yeah. going to bring that up too. Get Matt Phillips up here for shit's sake. Do you think 
We'd ever do something like that? Not a chance in it. Dylan Dubé gets a hat trick in the preseason, and the coach is like, no, yeah, he sucks. Uh, we're probably not going to play him. And we don't see him for three months. Another Sam Bennett situation. Potentially. But, I mean, you can't. There, There is a comparison right there, right? Cole Caulfield wins the game in overtime for the Canadians against the Senators. How many games in overtime has one of our prospects from the Heat or wherever scored this year? Do we even have prospects? Because I never see them. Exactly. The answer is zero because they have not even played any games. We don't know. Um, We'll touch on the new Lions today. There's some prospects in there. Glenn Gaudens in the lineup. There's no Phillips, though. No Phillips. And like, God, well, Glenn, just... Glenn Gunn isn't even a prospect, is he? No, he's like 24. <laughs> there you go. So, but I mean, like, that's a right. Like the point remaining. Well, here's, here's some numbers for you. Kovalchuk in 22 games with the Canadians scored six goals. And if you recall, they picked him up at the deadline last season. Scored six goals. How many goals did Reader score in a full season for us last last season? <laughs> How many shots did Reader have last season to hit the net? Reader scored four goals in 55 games. Kovalchuk scores six in 22. And I'm pretty sure a couple of those are overtime winners. Josh Anderson has 17 goals this season. Tyler Toffoli has 27 goals this season. Corey Perry has nine. So here's our addition since 1819. Tobias Reeder, already mentioned, he scored four goals in uh, in last season. Uh, Zach Ronaldo has three goals since joining the Calgary Flames. Buddy Robinson has one goal. Joachim Nordstrom has one goal. Dominique Simone has zero goals. Brett Ritchie playing those... Those big top six minutes, three goals, and Josh Levo, five. If you take uh, – these are all – the thing is, every single one of these players has been a top six experiment at some point on this team. Every single one of them. If you combine all their goals in two seasons, if you don't include Levo, it's 12. If you include Levo in that list – 17 goals. Two seasons of acquisitions by Bradshaw Living combined have less goals than Tyler Toffoli this season and less goals than Josh Anderson. 17 goals. Josh Anderson has 17 goals. One player scored just as many goals as all those other, and Toffoli has 10 more goals than all of them combined. Corey Perry, he's got nine this season. So here's the other kicker, right? Because you people will be like, oh, well, you know, like salary cap, you know, PTO, like, you know, he's working with the cap. You know, mm-hmm. if you combine those seven players in Reader, Ronaldo, Robinson, Nordstrom, Simone, Levo, Richie, if you combine all their salaries, it would come out to an average AEV five. 0.75 million dollars 
How much does Josh Anderson make? 5.5. Tyler DeFoley, 4.25. Corey Perry's on league minimum. I mean, the reason why we bring this up is, yes, the, the team went into a hardcore regression under Ward. Yes, it looks like Daryl might be able to right the ship. It seems like a couple of players might have tapered off so hard, they're not coming back. Regardless of the situation, you've known you needed more top six scoring ability for th- at least three seasons, and you haven't added. Instead, you go to the PTO well and try those guys in the top six. When if you take all those little PTO collection pieces, add up what they make, you could have bought yourself a Tyler Toffoli or Josh Anderson. It's funny to me also that, you know, all those guys get rounds in the top six, endless rounds in the top six, but a guy who's put up, what, 13 points in eight games and now in Florida, nah. No, no top six for you. You play center all your life. You want to play center? Yeah, I'll stick you in the wing. Stick you in the wing with Jankowski and Neil. Oh, we'll put we'll try and we'll try, put you in center in the playoffs. Oh wow, he's fucking lights out. Oh, so where do you want to play, Sam? You choose next season. Oh, I think I want to play center. Okay, you can play on the fourth line then. So this Sam Bennett thing is interesting. We've always had a hunch that it's been an organizational failure, stated it many times. Um, obviously, Sam Bennett's been known to do this too. It's, it, look, it could still be a flash in the pan, but man, this is this small sample size is getting bigger every week. Hey, eh? it's getting to the point where it's you know he's going to earn himself a nice little deal. And dude, just, like he looks great. He does. I watched most of that Chicago game the other night. Dude looked great. And he's playing in every situation. He's playing PP1. Playing tons of minutes. The other tons night against the, the gets the Blackhawks where he scored the OT winner, only Alex Barkov had more TOI on it than him. He's playing tons. So does Joe Quinville know something that Jeff Ward didn't know? I mean, Sutter was quoted saying, I wish I had more time. With you, Sam. I know Joel Quinville. I'll give him a call. I don't even know how where that came from, how that cropped up. But Daryl Sutter called Joel Quinville. I don't know how much of an influence he's had on where Sam's placed in the lineup. But here's a complete opposite scenario of the utilization of a player working. And just since we're on the Panther subject, I since you made such a great point about the Montreal Canadiens and all these PTO terrible deals adding up to more than Tyler Toffoli or Josh Anderson make. Okay, let's just take a quick peek. Carter, Ver- Carter Verhage has 17 goals this season and 35 points. Picked him up for pretty much nothing in the offseason. How much do you think he makes? Verhage. What does he make around a million? Yeah, makes a million bucks. He's signed, till, he's signed through next year too at a million bucks. Um, 17, how, probably going to score 20 goals. Yeah. How much do you think? Uh, Anthony oh, but is he hard? Hey, is he hard to play against though? Oh, I forgot. He doesn't hate to lose shit. 
Um, Anthony Duclair, who has 10 goals and 31 points in 40 games this year. <laughs> Dude, he looks like Pavel Burry out there. I've been watching the last few games. Guy looks unreal. He makes 1.7. So those guys combined make 2.7 mil and have 27 goals combined and well, over 60 points combined. But wasn't Brad in on it, though? Oh, I forgot. No, he was in on uh, he was in on Josh Anderson for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in. So I guess what you're seeing is maybe uh, maybe maybe this is where we're at, right? What you're seeing on the roster that you're seeing on the Flames on the ice right now, this is the culmination of your your general manager being in on everything for three years. But in on everything. Act- yeah, and on everything, but not actually getting any one of those deals done. Another one on the Panthers. They acquired from Columbus for basically free. Centerman Alex Wenberg makes two point two five. Alex Wenberg, thirteen goals this year, twenty five points. You telling me this team adds Alex Wenberg and Carter Verhage and Tyler Foley? They're not rolling into the playoffs feeling good. Give me a break. Those three guys make less. The fuck, dude, it's so stupid. So, yes, if you want to score more goals next season, then you better get somebody that can score you goals instead of relying on Mr. Three Goals, Brett Ritchie, to get it done for you. What about Nordstrom? Mr. One Goal, Joachim Nordstrom. Well, he's really hard to play against, though, right? Yeah, it's so hard to play against. And that's the other thing that bugs me, that always bugged me about, like, the Brody, Brody leaving is, like, look at their defense. Who is scoring from the back end? Like you said, like Geo had what seventeen goals the year you won the Norris. Seventeen, yeah, five goals last year. Who is who, who? Like, not that Brody was a big point guy, but he moves the puck up the ice. Like nobody is getting any points from the back end this season. <laughs> so it happens when you don't address your team's needs for three years, and you're in on everything you it. Serenity now, serenity now, and sanity later, so to speak. So that's where where I'm at in terms of Daryl has been nonstop saying this. We don't have enough firepower to go toe to toe, and he's been really harping on and pushing on the players to to play a. You know, to alter their style game in such a way where they can actually generate more goals. And I think what you're saying is he's probably going to get there. But if you're looking at some of the numbers, the biggest difference for me out of out of the handful of players that we have, Sean Monahan, man, he's been the biggest biggest yeah. disappointment, the biggest difference in terms of drop off this season. Because yeah, Chucky. I guess you could throw him in that list too, but at least he's turning it around a bit. Well, and I mean, at least he like the offense, the number, the results haven't been there, but the impact has, you know what I mean? Like, well, it's not been like his shot volume has dropped off dramatically. It's just like, he can't fucking score. Okay. So by impact, but what you're saying is, you know, the expected goals. Yeah. Like his underlying numbers are still okay. Cause if you're looking at impact on how we know Chucky, yeah, that impact has been missing for a while, but it looks like it's starting to come back. But he had 34 goals in 18, 19, 23 last year. He's only got 10 to him and him and money. And he's up. He, you've been, you've been saying this. He's getting the top line minutes. He should have more than 10 goals. Well, and I mean, again, like that Edmonton game, 
was a perfect example of it. Dude had zero shots. He had zero shot attempts. Talking about Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chucky, I was saying, has 10 too. Oh, 10 goals. Yeah. No, I know. That's not <laughs> not good yeah. at all. He has, yeah, tw- what, like 20 even strength points this year? So I don't know what's going on with Sean Monaghan, but I, I we look, we said this in the last, can't remember which one it was recently. I, th- I think it's time. Yeah. It's time to move on. Now, could Sean Monaghan, I, I think there could be a definite resurgence, but not with this roster. He's not resurging in, with this current roster with the anchor of Brett Ritchie on his line. I mean, he's another situation where he, if you compare him to Sam Bennett, if, if Sean Monaghan goes to a team where, and we were even saying this last night, same thing with Johnny. If these guys go to teams where not, we're there, not the number one guys, they'd probably have a resurgence, right? Cause there's other, there's other guys on the team that can carry like you, like say you, you put Sean Monaghan on the Colorado avalanche, right? Let's say he plays up. He plays he swaps between second line center and third line center. But say he's playing with with guys. Maybe he has Rantanen on his line. Oh, you're saying like everybody in Flames fandom has been saying like, yeah, go get a number one center because that will butcher Sean Monahan's skill set because he's not a true number one center. <laughs> oh, he'll be better. Interesting. <laughs> but it's true. Like imagine him behind Alex. Bar- imagine if Sean Monahan had three or four guys on the team who are much better than he was, and he's on your second line. Imagine he's on the Panthers. Imagine the Panthers top top centers Barkov and then it's Monaghan. Well, imagine if you put Sean Monaghan where Bennett's playing right now. Exactly. With 40 goals. Playing with Huberto. And so, but maybe that's where you're at. Like he, he can't make your roster better, but he can make somebody else better. Well, if he that. if he can't make your roster better and you're you can't rely the I think the point you're we're trying to make is you can't rely on Sean Monahan to be one of your top players. You're currently doing that. You can't continue to do that. You either go out and somehow get a player who can play ahead of him, players who can play ahead of him, and put a guy who makes 6.35 down the lineup, or you trade him and go get better players. Yeah. And it's just like the combinations don't work anymore. Like what combination with Monahan with anybody works? We haven't oh. seen him with Chucky. Maybe that would work, but you're not taking Chucky off the top line. You're Jeez, you're dude. Moves. Like I mean, if they dumped Richie off that line, that might help. I mean, he was doing pretty good with Dubé and Mangiapane. Yeah, I like I like to look at that line. But, but I, and another thing is like, fuck, dude, he has to be injured, doesn't he? He has to. Like, he has to be. How can he not be? I don't think anybody of his cal- uh, can can guys of that caliber, what he's done throughout his career, have this much of a drop off. And he's only twenty six still. That's what blows my mind. He's got it. Well, he's always injured. I just can't. I just can't fathom that. Like you said, a guy who has been that good of a consistent goal scorer for so many years, just like falls off the face of the earth at age twenty six. I realize this game has always kind of been one-dimensional and suspect, but it really does blow my mind. Regardless, irregardless, it's time to move on. It's There's three guys. We identified this last time. Whether or not it's all three of them, whether or not it's one of them, there's three guys who I think it's very apparent it's time to move off, Ron. It's 11, it's 23, it's 5. 
And maybe if you, you know, if you're hesitant, you at least start with one. But yeah, I mean, if you if you say you move Sean Monahan out, like or like, wouldn't the Minnesota Wild love Backlund? Doesn't he have Minnesota Wild all over him? Well, he'd be perfect there. Well, the, the other thing is too with Backlund though is like I think he has kind of like I know I was shitting on him earlier, but I think he has kind of been a bit of a casualty in all this dumb line shuffling because no oh, like, totally like he's fucking playing on the like i still think michael backland <laughs> this is how hilariously a bad job brad has done i still think michael backland is probably the team's best center <laughs> right right like i still think lindholm works way better on the on the right wing um just because of his, his shot and his is his um just the way he plays the game i think he works better as a winger so, like, him being kind of, like, buried on the third line, like, and again, not that I'm not shitting on Lucic for everyone who gives me shit about how much I hate Lucic. I'm not saying that, but, I mean, I think back, if you put the 3M line back together again today, that line would be instantly elite because all three of those guys' skill sets work so well. So, I think Backlund playing on, on the third line with Nordstrom and Lucic is definitely not helping him. So I will just qualify, like, maybe it's time for move on from Michael Backlund with. I do think he is a casualty of being stuck with less than stellar line mates and playing down the lineup. I think what you have to do, if you're Brad, you have to upgrade on Sean Monaghan. Even if it's a slight upgrade, you got to get someone who, who can either either swap with Lindholm to, to be one or two. Like, wouldn't Vincent Trocek have been a great, great addition? Oh, Can't geez, he? dude. Couldn't he be play play one C? Absolutely. He was available for a and bag Brad, of pucks, and Brad wasn't even in on it. Bag of pucks. So I don't know, man. Like we've said this plenty of times. This roster has always seemed to. I don't like just go against itself to be its own worst enemy in terms yeah. of slotting, slotting your skill sets. It's like you have two. I think the problem is you have too many guys that are the same caliber. And so you can't, you don't have a one C no, and therefore, you, and therefore no. you don't, you don't have a two C maybe you have a two C, but then you don't have like, it's just like, well, again, like I don't think, I don't think moving Lindholm to center solved the problem that this team ever had or that this team still has. It just creates the same problem again. But now you have three guys who are in the wrong role. Like, I guess it's a luxury to have Backlund as your 3C, or maybe that's where he should be slotted. No, with those line mates. But like you said, Lindholm's not a 1C. Monahan's not a 1. You just got a bunch of guys who are okay yeah. at creating offense. So, but the problem with Monahan, if you, tra- if you trade him, now and he has a limited no trade now to five teams right but yeah i think he's always had that hasn't yeah. he but i don't even think that you're you know you're gonna trade him to somewhere where he doesn't want to be anyways like you're trading him to a good team that is gonna pull a panthers right where they they he could fit in perfectly like Sam think, Bennett, yeah. part of the reason why Sam Bennett's per- fitting perfectly into a, a second center role, because they had a spot for it. I don't know. This I don't know. And I mean, if you look at 
this roster kind of defeats itself in terms of slotting, right? And creating lineup, creating a lineup just for the, for the sake of the reasons we just mentioned. It's yeah. just down the middle. Down the middle is the biggest problem. Down the middle has always been the biggest problem. So I think if you're Brad, like you upgrade Sean Monaghan. So you get what you can back for him and you, you turn that into something to help you upgrade. And it doesn't have to be a Jack Eichel 1C where it's one of the best centers in the league. It just has to be someone legit. Well, again, make a shrewd move that it's like, holy shit, this guy we acquired is good, right? Yeah. Like you're saying, you don't have to go and blow your load and just completely alter the course of your organization. Go get a centerman who's good. Yeah. I mean, Joe Sackick, he's done it. Joe Sackick has had no problem. Look at the names. There's no one, none of his acquisitions are like, oh, he got Eichel. He got, Taylor, he got Taylor Hall. Right? Nobody's going like, holy shit, they got Burkowski. Look out. It's like, no, that was a pretty solid addition. They've slowly, they've slowly addressed holes, right? Yeah. Like what Brandon Saad caught, like, I know he was in on Kadri. Whatever. He didn't do dick all after that. So let me let that one go. Just go get somebody, dude. It's time. You have to. And I mean, the problem I think, not that I think, the problem with moving Monaghan now is like, who's not even that you can't get anything in value back. It's that who is going to take that money without sending something back that has money that's not of like equally uh, poor value would be my question, right? Because who's going to be like, yeah, we'll take Sean Monaghan and give you some draft picks so you can, and then like just free up the cap space to go sign somebody better. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be a tough move to make. It's a tough move to make because if you're taking a risk on a guy who's going to have a resurgence, which he probably would, like you said, you, you don't take on that risk without exchanging something else. Like Josh Anderson, he was a free agent, was he not? Oh, no. Did he come over in the Josh? Well, they uh, traded him for Max Domi. Traded him for Max Domi. So there you go. Same situation. Yeah. So, like, I could see a Domi for Anderson type deal with uh, with Monaghan, where it's like you just kind of swap two guys who maybe aren't working out for each team. Dude, Max Domi would be a great fit here. Like, that's the kind of guy you could go get. I know Max, he's having an absolute shit season. Max Domi would have been a great addition to this current roster. Exactly. In the past offseason. You run Domi with – like, Domi is one of the best transit – well, not this year, but – in his years in Montreal, dude can fly through the neutral zone. He would be a nice a Domi Kachuk Gaudreau line. That'd be dope. Yeah. So you have to, if you're Brad, you have to add. Um, well, if it's Brad, who's even going to be here? Well, let, let's go to that because you've been humming and hawing about this. I hum and haw about everything. I mean, you go back and forth in terms of there's no way this management's getting rid of them to, you know what, what other choice do they have? Like, where are you at with it? Well, I mean, the only reason I'm kind of thinking is thinking that it's a possibility is because they pulled the Jeff Ward move, which I wasn't expecting in the least. The fact that they fired Jeff Ward in the middle of this season really shocked me because I was not expecting them to do anything. And you know when you say they, the owners were definitely part of this decision. 100%. 
they were actually probably the the biggest force behind it maybe i, I we don't know and so when i look at that decision but then but this, I kind of, but then I kind of think, oh well, maybe that was just a save the season type thing, and it's not indicative of a organizational shift or well changes to come. You know, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think they were bringing him in to save this season because they would have done earlier. Yeah, maybe it almost it almost had the feel because we are like probably thirteen games before they did it was when you knew it was time to, to fire Jeff Ward. That's when you knew without a shadow of doubt, it was time. And they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And so maybe you give them a grace of five games to add on to that. They still were seven, six games way too late. So that kind of, that's why I think you were shocked that Ward got replaced is because why would they do it then? Why would they wait till it's too late to yeah. do it? So that's why I kind of had a feel of like the owners coming in over Brad's head be like, hey, stop this fucking disaster. Seriously. So then that kind of leads you to think if that's true, then Brad, his leash must be getting pretty short. I mean, listen, we're not making the playoffs. So this season is a failure. And it shouldn't have been, should not have been a failure. And it was because you're, you're in your progression. <laughs> like this, this is like I mentioned, this is supposed to be your pinnacle of your window. You can't even make the playoffs basically two straight seasons. Well, and again, the fact that they okayed in the pandemic middle of the pandemic cash crunch, they okayed a huge amount of spending in the off season to this result which has been dog shit that can't that cannot be sitting well in my opinion you know so for all intents and purposes brad i mean if if you're looking at this from a non-biased perspective from like say it's not even your team elsewhere in the league probably a lot of people be like yeah i mean it's he's done if if you had no vested interest in it emotionally be like, yeah, I mean, it's it's over. Like, this is when it ends. Well, yeah, you'd look at this and say, wow, how many GMs get four coaches, seven years, pretty much minimal success? Three playoff game wins. <laughs> A playoff series win six years ago. That you inherited the team that you came with, you walked in on. Are still around. Like, again, if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, you'd be like, oh, no chance this guy's sticking around. And follow the trajectory. Two, what two what trajectory? Two two seasons of <laughs> falling off a cliff. It was like, here's the trajectory. Meh. Terrible. Meh. Holy shit, what happened there? Terrible. Devastating. It, and then devastating and terrible. Yeah. So, I don't know. I... With each passing day, I kind of get this suspicion that it might happen this offseason. I'm kind of 50-50 at, at this point. I'm I'm probably 60. They won't. 40, they will. Just because they always do what they shouldn't. So, and, and vice versa. And shouldn't do what they do. 
It's true. I mean, so if you're wrapping up what we covered so far, it comes down to scoring. And there's two aspects to it. One is the style of play, and the other is the current roster. The style of play, it seems like it's under wraps. It seems like Sutter has us going in that direction. But the roster, Brad doesn't. He's got us going the opposite direction. So, like you said, maybe that's why every single week he calls it out publicly. We don't have the firepower. We need to play. We need to be faster. And then he follows that up by putting Richie in the top six, night after night after night after night. I hope that's what he's doing, is saying, look, I know we're not winning with this roster. I've won before. I know this roster isn't good enough. So I will make a point of it and play the plugs that you pick up in hopes of making this team better on PTOs in the top six where there's a hole that needs to be filled. Maybe that's what he's doing. Um, <laughs> That'd be so baller. I mean, he is pretty baller though. So, yeah. so, but today in his, in his off day presser, he's talking about this concept of scoring goals. And I think rightly so. We're not the only ones confused by 18, 19. Cause you can go out there and say, look, we can't score. We can't score. But then you look at 18, 19, that's all they did. It's the same group. But anyways, today he's talking about individual ability. And somebody asked him, I can't remember who it was or what the question was, but, you know, to the extent of what do you have? Like, can these guys score? And Sutter says, you have to look at career averages. This is pretty simple. Yeah. You look at the career average, what players have been able to produce. They should be around their average career. You're not looking at spikes on either direction, career average. That's what you should expect. But you also have to factor in when guys are in their prime and when guys are just coming onto the scene. And I know we this is all we've been saying, but like this guy's dialed in. He gets it. When he says shit like this, it's just like, man, he totally has a he has a beat on this team. Beat for beat. And he knows what the issue like he he knows he can pinpoint with pinpoint accuracy tell you the issues and what the problems are and how he views it. And how and what his solution is for them. Yeah. And so he goes on to say that right now, when you don't have enough goals being scored, he said we're looking for a spark. Uh, he alluded to the top line, Johnny, Lindholm, and Chucky, that they've been good together. They've been producing. And he's saying, so now if they're producing, you're looking for production elsewhere, which you're not getting. And so he's looking for a spark. He's trying to change um, the lines in practice. Saw some new bodies in there today. Same thing Montreal did. Worked for them. So anyways, his analysis is, is pretty spot on. Yeah. And I mean, if you're looking at the lines today, they got Byron Fraze in Richie's spot. Good old Fraze, eh? That'll do that. That'll do that trick. Yeah, that'll do the trick. Let's bring up the AHL player. I, I really hope he is just like... <laughs> showcasing how shitty the right wing depth is because that's the only conceivable idea I can come up with for why he continues to put a rotating cast 
Well, and this might be the difference between an amateur and, and some guy that knows his shit. Yeah. Like if he's one, then he knows what he needs in his roster in order to keep winning, to win some more. And if he doesn't have it, then he's probably like, I know I can't win with this. So maybe, maybe he is doing it. And we saw Connor Mackey skating on the third pairing with uh, Michael Stone today. I knew because Sutter was pissed about that Val Mackey hooking penalty. He referenced it like three or four times in the, in the post-game presser. He was yeah. not pleased. Yeah. I personally thought it was a bad call. Dude, the officiating was horseshit all night. Like if you look at the replay, he gets beat. I mean, there's an issue there. He gets beat by Yishi PD Uber. Horse face. Is it a horse hit? What is it? It's like a troll mixed with a horse. Dude literally looks like he should be under a bridge. Like Flash got hit by a bus. Like it's like, unbelievable. He's so weird looking. <laughs> I don't know, man. Valimaki, he, he reaches in with one hand, and it, he makes stick-to-stick contact. That was, was no, that was weak as shit, dude. There was no hooking um, movement. There wasn't even a slash. It's just kind of he reached in, and the, his stick pushed his a little bit. It didn't even have any effect on Pugliarvi whatsoever. And I get it. Look. That's the new rule. As soon as you reach in, you get a penalty. But come on, that was one hand. Like, there should be some degree of variation in, in these calls. Well, be- and I think I think Sutter is taking, like, he's never just calling out, like, oh, yeah, that was a bad penalty, right? That's right. He knows what he, when he's calling these guys out, he kind of, he must know how to, well, I hope he does. <laughs> he, he knows how to make a point with certain guys, I think. Well, he's been doing it. Yeah. successfully so far anything else on the, on the new lines that stuck no there? i i actually really hope we get to see connor Mackey play a few games like my god i sure love to see oliver shillington get in but um i i like i like backland with dubay i like dubay a lot better with monahan though as long as that top line stays together i'm cool with that do you think brad is hiding shillington from seattle Dude, I have no fucking clue what's going on with Shillington. I really don't. Like, it, it, I just, I don't get it. Like, is that the play here? Like, what's the deal? Like, I mean, what's Sutter, the deal? What's the deal with not playing Oliver Shillington? <laughs> like, I know they put him on waivers earlier in the season, so it's not like they're, like, dying to keep this guy, I think. But, I mean, holy shit, like, Dude is fast. Dude is skilled. Last game he played, he set up a sweet goal. I, I, I'm at a loss. And he's, you know, for a fact, he's going to be like the next Brett Kulak, you know. I just don't get it. Yeah. At this point, you kind of just hope that Seattle takes him, and then he turns out to be a fucking star. Yeah. It just, it, it never makes sense to me. Like, I like, how many guys leave this? Young guys leave this team. It's like we let that guy go. That's stupid. Ugh, so annoying. Like, remember when we waved Paul Byron? Oh, he scores 30 goals the next year. Yeah, Fuck. Yeah. Brett Kulak, yeah, get rid of him so we can get Stone in. Oh, he's awesome? Oh, wow, what a shock. Fuck, Stone's it's not? dumb. Oh, that's too bad. Stone is still here. Oh. Dude, Stone is on cloud nine. He's in the top four now. Dude, he is 
rolling. <laughs> He's never been this good in his career, probably. Made We're, that save on McDavid. Dude, that was nice. Eh? All right, let's wrap wrap up the game. Um, Make Jesus makes it one nothing. Make Jesus makes it two nothing. And there's your game. There's your game. Pretty, is that pretty good for a wrap up or? That's perfectly. Somebody, somebody on Twitter um, said it perfectly. Oh, the Oilers. I mean, McDavid really came to play tonight. In the first period, that was the difference. It is kind of fun. Like, has I anybody else beat us other than him? Like, I've literally. That's what's so weird about watching the Oilers because I don't really watch many of their games. I see they win a lot. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. Anytime I watch them, it's just unbelievable that they literally have absolutely dick all except for 97 and they're still winning. Like it's on, it's literally insane to me to watch, to watch them play, especially power on the power play. Power play is deadly. But it's like literally lines two through four. Garbage. Nothing. Nothing happens when they're on the ice. Maybe those are just the games I've watched. But, like, I couldn't even name a skater outside of Pugliarvi the other night who was playing, and I guess Drysaddle because he was on that on the top line. I didn't notice anybody except for Neil because he shaved, and I was like, ugh, ugly. But, I mean, geez, so weird. I guess it's not weird. You have the best player in the world, but. It's funny how he can just beat you single-handedly. Is like, it funny? Many, is why, that, why are we cursed with this? Do we have to be cursed with this? The best player to ever play hockey twice. That's right. Has I, been on the Oilers. The best two players to ever play hockey. Like how many Stanley Cups would the Calgary Flames have if Wayne Gretzky wasn't on the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s? Those Calgary so, Flames teams were unfucking real. Well, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are just as good, though, aren't they not? Yeah, but imagine if, like... I'd say, see, yeah, they are, but it's funny whenever you see the point, Still, totals, fuck. the point, the point totals are the exact same. Yeah. It was weird through the 400 games. Crosby yeah. had like, they have the exact point. same amount of points. I think actually McDavid Crosby had one more going into last night and then McDavid passed him. So they're the exact same, but it would be like, if, if, if has any other franchise had like two guys who are probably two of the top, two or three players to ever play the game on their team. Like why do these fuckers have to be our provincial rival? Lemieux and Crosby. Yeah. I guess Philly's been in rough too. So, but ha- did Lemieux and Crosby antagonize teams like Philly as much as Gretzky and McDavid have just destroyed our hopes and dreams every single year? Probably. Oh, I'm sick of it. Plus they had Yager too. Remember? Boy, those were good teams, man. If you look at the team that won the 1990 Stanley cup, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Fuck. We have, we Joel have Mullen. Talk. We have Tockett. Joel Mullen was on that team. I think Ron Francis was on that team. Yeah, Ronnie Francis. Jeez Louise. Bonies. <laughs> so Johnny uh, should have had a hat trick, in my opinion. He gets you the nice fat rebound from Chucky. Backhand. That was a great finish. Backhand shovel. Not a boy. That should have been a goal when he hits the crossbar. Absolutely it right off. Don't sit right off. And then there's, I think it was the third period on a power play. Mike Smith is Fuck, has bad. no clue what's going on. He doesn't even know where the play is. He's just laying there, just laying there. And I don't Johnny, understand about the power play against the Oilers. Move the puck. Smith's a moron. Johnny just shovels it. If he would elevate it at all, Smith had no clue 
where the puck was or where it was coming from. So we went over him. But he makes the save. <laughs> Anyways, Johnny should have had three goals. Johnny looked good. Chucky was buzzing last night. Buzzing. Like, I I literally thought he was going to tie it up. If he had some more groove back, I pro- he probably would have. Yeah, and I, like, if he, like, what did he have? Like, five high-danger scoring chances, like, seven scoring chances, nine shot attempts. That's tricky. He got the puck on the net a lot. If he's not in a slump, he probably gets a goal. Totally. But uh, to no avail. And Mike Smith beats us again. This guy, man, celebrates, hey? Like, uh, what does he celebrate like when he beats us? Well, like, what is it? What is he like? He's like a, he's weird. He's weird. He's like a teenager playing novice who just won, um, you know, a big playoff game or something. Not even. It's like they won the mini tournament. He's like excited to go like drink grape soda in the dressing room. Well, I was going to say they won minor hockey, but when you win minor hockey league, like you're, is that what it's called? I can't remember now. Minor hockey? SO, SO minor hockey. Oh yeah. The SO minor. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Is SO even a thing still? We won, we won that in a novice. SO, did you get the SO medals? Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say he celebrates like that, but then everybody goes crazy. So he's not quite like that, but he kind of is. It's very weird. And then I sent you the, uh, his soundbite after the game, eh? What a loser. Well, he's getting set up, though. One of the Oilers media. So does it give you some extra satisfaction to, you know, pretty much. The Oilers media guy just creamed his jeans asking the question. Yeah, just eliminate your biggest rival and ex-team from the playoffs. But uh, Mike Smith, fuck you. I can't wait to see Mike Smith get absolutely torched in the playoffs. So if you haven't heard it, Mike Smith just glares into the camera like a psychopath and goes, yep. I don't understand. Like just a yep. Fuck off. Totally fuck off. And you know what? I'm glad Mike Smith hates Calgary because we fucking hate you too, bud. All I know is. I know what my purpose is for the rest of the season. It won't be Calgary Flames highlights. It'll be Mike Smith lowlights. I don't care how mediocre a lowlight it is. If it's Mike Smith and the lamp is lit, there will be videos made. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's end on this. Uh, Josh Josh Levi, I looked it up because we've been talking about it. On the 23rd was when he was put into quarantine. So that will be, it'll be two weeks on Friday. Yeah. So it's almost, like a, it's almost like another week. It seems like it's been forever already. Dude, it seems like it's been all year. So he'll be ready to go following the Winnipeg game for the next, should be ready to go for the next game, assuming he gets in the lineup, right? <laughs> Over Byron, over Byron Phrase. Nordstrom, Richie. Oh, those are pretty tough Take players. Take your buddy Robinson. Take your fucking pick. Buddy Robinson, eh? Joke. I mean, it's a good, like, we. you know what our curse is? All these plugs score a goal in their first game. That's our curse. Exactly. Buddy Robinson does it. Brett Richie does it. And then people go, see? York of Nordstrom didn't do it. Waited 30 games to do it, but... 
So Levo should be back soon. Um, final question I want to ask you. We discussed it. You got to give me a, a hard answer on this. I'm not good at that. Will Bradtree Living, not should Bradtree Living, will Bradtree Living be fired at the end of the season? I'm leaning yes, so I'll say yes. Okay, well, I'll say no then. I haven't leaned that way in a while, but I kind of get in the, I, I feel right now, May 3rd, 2nd, whatever it is, I feel like he will be. I'm shocked that you're leaning that way. I really am. Maybe <laughs> I'm just like trying to, <laughs> maybe I'm just trying to like, uh, what do they call it when you like uh, put something out there? What's, what's the word for it? Manifest it. Yeah, maybe I'm trying to manifest it, you know? Well, you never do that. So I don't know. It's really curious to me that you're doing this. I just, it's the only logical. And again, maybe I'm giving them way too much credit here because like you said, they always do what they shouldn't, but I just don't see any way around it. If you are actually rolling into next season with this guy at the helm, I don't know what to say. More of the same. <laughs> 